Chapter 33 of Folk Stories from Southern Nigeria, West Africa. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Catherine. Folk Stories from Southern Nigeria, West Africa by Elphinstone Dayrell. 33. THE ORPHAN BOY AND THE MAGIC STONE A chief of Inda named Inkita had a son named Ayongkita, whose mother had died at his birth. The old chief was a hunter, and used to take his son out with him when he went into the bush. He used to do most of his hunting in the long grass which grows over nearly all the Inda country, and used to kill plenty of bushbuck in the dry season. In those days the people had no guns, so the chief had to shoot everything he got with his bow and arrows, which required a lot of skill. When his little son was old enough, he gave him a small bow and some small arrows, and taught him how to shoot. The little boy was very quick at learning, and by continually practicing at lizards and small birds, soon became expert in the use of his little bow, and could hit them almost every time he shot at them. When the boy was ten years old, his father died, and as he thus became the head of his father's house and was in authority over all the slaves, they became very discontented and made plans to kill him, so he ran away into the bush. Having nothing to eat, he lived for several days on the nuts which fell from the palm trees. He was too young to kill any large animals, and only had his small bow and arrows, with which he killed a few squirrels, bush-rats, and small birds, and so managed to live. Now, once at night, when he was sleeping in the hollow of a tree, he had a dream in which his father appeared, and told him where there was plenty of treasure buried in the earth, but being a small boy he was frightened, and did not go to the place. One day, some time after the dream, having walked far and being very thirsty, he went to a lake, and was just going to drink, when he heard a hissing sound and heard a voice tell him not to drink. Not seeing anyone, he was afraid, and ran away without drinking. Early next morning, when he was out with his bow trying to shoot some small animal, he met an old woman with quite long hair. She was so ugly that he thought she must be a witch, so he tried to run, but she told him not to fear, as she wanted to help him and assist him to rule over his late father's house. She also told him that it was she who had called out to him at the lake not to drink, as there was a bad juju in the water which would have killed him. The old woman then took Ayon to a stream some little distance from the lake, and bending down, took out a small shining stone from the water, which she gave to him, at the same time telling him to go to the place which his father had advised him to visit in his dream. She then said, When you get there, you must dig, and you will find plenty of money. You must then go and buy two strong slaves, and when you have got them, you must take them into the forest, away from the town, and get them to build you a house with several rooms in it. You must then place a stone in one of the rooms, and whenever you want anything, 
all you have to do is go into the room and tell the stone what you want, and your wishes will be at once gratified. Ayong did as the old woman told him, and after much difficulty and danger bought the two slaves and built the house in the forest, taking great care of the precious stone which he placed in an inside room. Then, for some time, whenever he wanted anything, he used to go into the room and ask for a sufficient number of rods to buy what he wanted, and they were always brought at once. This went on for many years, and Ayong grew up to be a man, and became very rich and bought many slaves, having made friends with the Aro men, who in those days used to do big traffic in slaves. After ten years had passed, Ayong had quite a large town and many slaves, but one night the old woman appeared to him in a dream, and told him that she thought that he was sufficiently wealthy, and that it was time for him to return the magic stone to the small stream from whence it came. But Ayong, although he was rich, wanted to rule his father's house and be a head chief for all of the Inda country, so he sent for all the juju men in the country and two witch-men, and marched with all his slaves to his father's town. Before he started he held a big palaver, and told them to point out any slave who had a bad heart, and who might kill him when he came to rule the country. Then the juju men consulted together, and pointed out fifty of the slaves who, they said, were witches, and would try to kill Ayong. He at once had made them prisoners, and tried them by the ordeal of a serabine to see whether they were witches or not. Footnote. The acera of Calabar bean is a strong poison, and was formerly much used by the natives. These beans are ground up in a stone mortar, and are then swallowed by the accused person. If the man dies, he is considered guilty, but if he lives, he is supposed to have proved his innocence of whatever the charge may have been which was brought against him. Death generally ensues about two hours after the poison is administered. If the accused takes a sufficient amount of the ground-up beans to make him vomit, it will probably save his life, otherwise he will die in great pain. End of footnote. As none of them could vomit the beans, they all died, and were declared to be witches. He then had them buried at once. When the remainder of his slaves saw what had happened, they all came to him and begged his pardon and promised to serve him faithfully. Although the fifty men were buried, they could not rest, and troubled Ayong very much, and after a time he became very sick himself, so he sent again for the juju men, who told him that he was the witch-men who, although they were dead and buried, had power to come out at night, and used to suck Ayong's blood, which was the cause of his sickness. They then said, We are only three juju men, you must get seven more of us, making the magic number of ten. When they came they dug up the bodies of the fifty witches, and found they were quite fresh. Then Ayong had big fires made, and burned them one after the other, and gave the juju men a big present. He soon after became quite well again, and took possession of his father's property, and ruled over all the country. Ever since then, 
whenever any one is accused of being a witch, they are tried by the ordeal of the poisonous acerebine, and if they can vomit, they do not die, and are declared innocent. But if they cannot do so, they die in great pain. End of chapter 33